From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in an enjoyable and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica. And I'm Amanda. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back, Wallet Watch listeners. You're in the studio with me, Jessica. And me, Amanda. If this is your first time tuning into our Wallet Watch podcast, welcome. We are in the middle of season eight, talking about growth and purpose. This has been an incredible season. So if you dig this episode today, make sure you check out our other episodes we've had this season and prior seasons. Fitting in with our theme of growth and purpose, we wanted to think about this idea of big picture thinking. So according to Indeed.com, big picture thinking refers to a thinking strategy that focuses on the entirety of a concept idea instead of each individual detail. And I think the idea of being able to get into that thinking strategy of big picture thinking can help you grow in your career and can also help you achieve goals that you might have personally outside of work as well. Yeah, absolutely, Amanda. I think sometimes it's easy to get stuck on, are you a more detail-oriented thinker or are you more of a big picture thinker? I think we forget to think about how important it is to have both kinds of people, especially in your workplace, because that's really what's gonna help create thorough plans, goals, you know, achieve all of the things that you want to achieve in your career by having that diverse thinking. Yeah. So you and me, which one of us do you think has cultivated that big picture thinking more? I definitely think you're more of a detail oriented thinker, Amanda. And I think I kind of lean more heavy on the the big picture thinking. I think we both do a great job of focusing on the future and we're both planners. I think when it comes down to the work, you are more focused on the details where I'm I'm more focused on everything coming together, the bigger picture thinking. What do you think? I would agree. And I definitely think that big picture thinking is something that I want to work towards developing more because like you said, I feel like I'm really strong at planning and figuring out all the details and all the what ifs of different scenarios. But sometimes I feel like it hinders my creativity in maybe reaching or creating bigger goals that I want to go for. I'm really excited because we have two individuals who have a lot of experience in their careers and I'm really excited to hear what they're going to bring to this episode and what they're going to teach us about cultivating big picture thinking. 100%. So we would love to introduce to you today in the studio with us, Sarah Dolan. She's the Chief Financial Officer at MSU Federal Credit Union and Reseda Group. And Susie Elkins. She's the Chief Community Impact Officer at MSU Federal Credit Union president of the Desk Drawer Fund, and president of Evergreen 3C. Susie and Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. 
We are curious for ourselves and for our listeners to learn about your career journeys and how you both ended up where you're at today. Susie, do you want to start first? Sure, I can start. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I actually got my start on campus at Michigan State University, and I was working with faculty as a student and helping them with their distance education courses. So they were teaching students both on campus and across the country and even in other countries. And so it was really exciting. We were using new technology and I learned a lot about how to facilitate education in a space like that. And uh, I also got to work with the public broadcasting station there on campus who oversaw all of those projects and learned a lot about production and audio, video, storytelling, things like that. And it just really inspired me to, to want to do that for the rest of my career. So I actually, uh, after graduating from MSU, I took a, a brief job in Chicago at a 24 seven cable news network and really loved the energy there but missed campus and so I came back to work for the station and stayed for about 27 years so it was really a a wonderful experience I got to do almost every position at the station you could think of and including running the station as the general manager and uh, making sure we had everything that we needed to be successful there so I stayed at the station for 27 years and uh, really decided that I, I wanted to grow and expand my learning and uh, when an opportunity came up at MSU Federal Credit Union to continue to engage with the community in many similar ways that I was doing at the station, I just couldn't believe my luck. I was so excited to come over here and be the Chief Community Impact Officer and oversee the foundation and also be a part of the Reseda Group in running Evergreen 3C. So. Uh, it's the best of all worlds. I still get to do a lot of storytelling. I still get to engage with a lot of partners within the community and stay close to WKAR, the station where I grew up. And so uh, I really feel excited and lucky. And it's been about three months since I've been here at the credit union and I'm learning so much and uh, I'm just really excited about my work here. It's really a full circle if you think about it, you know, having your start at MSU and then all of the different journeys and then to be able to be back so close to where you grew up, where you got your start, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. And I'm serious when I say I can't believe my luck because I really thought if I wanted to move on and try something different, I would be going to another station in another market. Never really thought about changing industries or what the alignments might be, but they are very different industries, but the work that the credit union does really bridges that connection to community and and the purpose and the mission that's quite similar to um, what we always were thinking about at the public broadcasting station. So the alignments there are sometimes really surprising to me, but also really exciting. Plus, there's a lot of differences, so that keeps me moving and on my toes, and that's really what I wanted as well, is a a big challenge. And so I have all of the best of the worlds in my new position here. That's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed your story and I'm excited to hear more as we go through this conversation. I think it's going to fit in so well with this idea of growth and purpose that we have in our season. Sarah, do you want to tell us about your career journey? Sure, thank you. Like Susie, I started out at Michigan State University. I actually started my love of financial services when I was in high school. I was a teller uh, at a bank where I grew up and really loved interacting with people. 
it helped me decide to major in accounting at MSU. So my undergraduate degree is in accounting. I did take the traditional path from that program and went to public accounting for the first five years of my career. In that journey, I was able to work with local banks, credit unions, mortgage companies, insurance companies, and stayed in that financial services space. And so when I had the opportunity to join MSUFCU, I jumped at it, knowing the reputation in the community, knowing the service that I had experienced as a student member and interacting with them. It was uh, ideal for me to be able to take that move into a local organization. As I started here, it really helped me take those skills that I learned in my undergraduate degree and in my prior career experience and apply them to one organization, to take recommendations that you would have. Typically in an audit background, you make business practice recommendations and actually see them through. And that has helped move me in my career from um, the internal audit specialist that I started at in 2005, all the way to CFO where I sit today. And through that journey, I've had the opportunity to work with teams across the entire organization, to work with people across the organization and in our community, and really have found a place that has a mission that I believe in to improve the lives of our members, our employees, and people in our communities, to enhance the businesses that we work with, and to really be a great community partner and a great financial partner across all that we serve. So really excited, even after 17 years here, to continue that journey, and, and every day is new and exciting with what we're able to accomplish. That's wonderful. And as I sit here and listen to both of you talk about your journeys of where they got started and where you are now, you both really put an emphasis on aligning your values and the mission with where you work. I think that speaks very highly to the season that we are going through right now with season eight of talking about growth and purpose. And Amanda and I have done some episodes this season about unlearning certain things and making sure aligning our values with places that we work, things that we do. So I really think hearing both of you talk about that, it really brings everything full circle. When you both were starting your journeys, did you think that you would come into a position that is so far up in a company or was that something that just happened and you, you grew into that space? I would say I did not I wasn't dreaming big when I first started. I was excited to be where I was and I was learning and I felt like, you know, as long as I am continually learning, I was excited to grow. It wasn't until I started to really understand the business more globally or understand the organization's goals more globally that I started to really have a desire to have a seat at the table to be making decisions about, mm. you know, where we go and how we serve the community. and. And that really is what drove my desire to work for leadership positions and just really to have a voice in, in the way that we operated as a business. So, And then as that started to happen for me, as I started to have a little bit more responsibility, I also started to learn what how heavy that responsibility is. And I started to see what leaders before me had been dealing with and thinking about, and it really does change your perspective. And and so I feel really lucky that I've been able to, to have those experiences, but you, it's hard to know starting out exactly what it's like to have the responsibility for other employees and for a whole organization's success and for 
you know, the, the community, the way they feel about your service and what you can do for them. Like these, these are big areas and you really need some experience, life experience to understand how best to get organized and be ready for that type of responsibility. So I guess I'll go back and say, I did dream of being a leader, but I never imagined that I would be able to have the opportunities that I've had. And I think it's just, it's happened because you just take the next best step forward. And if you're coming from a place of wanting to learn and wanting to help others, then I think things come back in positive ways to you if you approach life that way. And I think that's what's happened for me. Susie, I think you make a great point. I, I did have goals of being a CFO. When I left school and started my career path, I thought at some point I want to be in a leadership position. But you're spot on when you say, at that point in your career journey at the very start, it's aspirational and you may not understand exactly what that means. And the level of responsibility that you have, not only for the work that you're performing, but for all of the people around you and how they're performing. And those are life lessons that you make along the journey. So I did start my career thinking, at some point this is where I wanna be. Mm -hmm. and, and here's how I'm going to get there. and had to learn pretty quickly that that path is not always as linear as you might expect it to be. You know, when you're when you're just starting out, when you're in, in school, when you're nearing graduation, you can have a pretty straightforward career path and you think I'm going to do this and then I'm going to move to this next role and I'm going to move to this next role. And sometimes the most interesting opportunities, the most educational opportunities are not in that straight line. Right? They might be a step sideways or a step back or a jump forward. And I think that has been really impactful for me along my career journey is I was always the first to say, yes, I'll try this. Yes, I'll figure it out. Yes, I want to be on this committee or this team or work on this project, even if it was outside of my traditional area of accounting and finance. And that has really, really helped me not only understand my area of expertise, but how we impact the organization as a whole, and then actually understand the business from a global perspective. And that's part of why my role has grown beyond those areas today to cover you know, a variety of different areas across the organization. Thanks for sharing that. I really like what you're saying about learning not being linear, because I feel like that's a misconception that a lot of individuals probably have. So to be able to share that with not only Jessica and I, but also our listeners. I think that can be really helpful for if you feel like you're on this linear path and then you're taking, you know, like two steps forward, one step back, not to get frustrated and just recognize it's part of that, that learning process. And sometimes you might purposely take a step back for the reasons that Sarah just shared. And, and that's might help you move forward to the space you want to be faster, actually. I think really thinking creatively and actively choosing to volunteer for things outside of that linear path is really strategic and really important. And I think Sarah articulated it well that sometimes it happens by accident, but you can make it happen purposefully if, you're, if you think about creativity is often about taking disparate things and bringing them together and creating something new. And that's, you can do that in your career, you can do that in your life. And, and I think it happened for me a little bit organically, but looking back, it's easier to see, oh, 
right. I, <laughs> there were decisions that I made that at the time I didn't quite necessarily know exactly you know, what they would mean for me, but, but now I'm able to do that more purposely. And in, in fact, taking this position is quite a different step from the linear path that someone would take for, as a general manager or a public broadcasting station who would traditionally move to a, a, a larger market or, you know, and I just felt like there were experiences that I wasn't able to have in that industry that were still of interest to me. And so looking for a completely different type of opportunity was really exciting and I think will open up even more opportunities down the road for me as I gain more experience. But it is scary sometimes to do something like that and feel like you're starting over and, and having to admit, I don't know how to do this yet, but I, I will figure it out. <laughs> and putting yourself in situations where you have to do that and, and I think the more you can put yourself in a situation where you have to do that and the more practice you get with that, the better off you'll be. Totally. I think hearing you say we're growing, right? We, from sometimes being in those uncomfortable spaces is where we hit the leaps and bounds of, of growing. I did have a question I wanted to ask the two of you. Listening to your journeys and how you got to be where you're at and you know, the pathways of getting there, how do you balance some of your day-to-day -day tasks and responsibilities, but also create a space to cultivate that big picture thinking that you do in your roles here at the credit union? Does that trickle over into home life as well? Or how do you balance all of that? For me, it is about planning and communication. We have a lot of work that we need to accomplish. We work on a lot of deadlines. In my area especially, we have reporting deadlines to different entities that we're responsible for, making sure that they get their information. That's very task-oriented. We use, we use different tools and calendars to make sure that those are met and communicate the, the expectations there. When you think about the space to cultivate big ideas, projects, growth, learning, that can be really difficult, especially if you have a very long to-do list of tasks and projects and responsibilities that are very concrete. For me, what works best is making sure that everyone is on the same page and understanding what does that task list mm. look like. This does trickle into home for me too, <laughs> you know, and we, we talk about this with, with my family and kids. What tasks do you have? What do we have to accomplish this week? And, and we follow that path to make sure everybody understands where they're needed and what their role is in completing that task. And then when you think about the space to cultivate ideas and, and share learnings, sometimes it happens randomly as part of the task, right? I think everyone has had that aha moment where you, you come across an idea that will help either make the task that you're doing more efficient, an insight that you have when you know we're writing a report or looking at information, that you could apply to a different idea. And it's being open to that and recognizing that you may not be able to immediately act on it. And so how do you make a note? How do you hold that thought when you do have time to do it? One thing that I do, I still take a lot of written notes in a notebook. I have this practice of the notes on the topic that we're talking about. The task-oriented things go on the right side of my notebook and I use the left side of my notebook, like the back of the previous page, and that is where I have my what ifs, right? I'm listening to something, I'm listening to somebody speak, and I, I'm noting how that applies to me and my tasks and my role today, and, and impacts what I need to do from a task and responsibility standpoint. 
but then it might trigger a thought of what does this look like a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, whether that's for me personally, whether that's for the organization, whether it's for one of my kids in a plant, you know, we will, I will have all sorts of notes about what about this and, and think about this. And sometimes there are charts and, the, you know, I've drawn out something of what I think it might look like down the road. And it helps me go back to that. And then I have time planned out for me on Sunday afternoon, evening, that I go through and I will pull things out of those notebooks and organize them and put them into a plan for, this is a, I don't have to worry about it yet. This is, I really should get to it soon. It will have a bigger impact. And these are things that now that I've spent more time on it, I don't need to worry about this anymore. But it, it's an intentional process for me. And I think everyone does that differently. Some people take notes and do you know things like that. But it has to be communicated, it has to be thought through, and your, your team, whoever you're working with, whether it's at home or, or at work, has to know how to get through their responsibilities first before you make them better. That's, that's a lot, and I love it. <laughs> I am Me such too. a pen and pencil, paper, notebook kind of person. I think technology is great and there's a lot of good advantages to it, but I think that if you're the type of person that can connect and create a system with a notebook, it is amazing. Now, I love that. I connect with that. I'm very much so a pen and paper type of person. I think being able to go back and take the time to really work through those thoughts and think through those things, because there are some times where we have a million and one thoughts in our mind. And it's, we can't possibly put all of those into motion all the time that some of them are, like you said, right now, some are eh, maybe in a year and some are, is that really worth the time? Susie, what about you? I think Sarah gave some great examples like, like you. I also write everything in notebooks and I tend to rewrite things in notebooks. And so if I find that I'm you know, I, I don't necessarily get as organized as I should be in the beginning, but I get everything on paper. And if I find that I'm continuing to move the same things along into my next week, then I realize, okay, this is something bigger and something that I want to put, you know, over here in this other notebook that's kind of a bigger picture item. And so it's just sort of happens organically. But then when I go and I look, usually once a week, I try to, sometimes it's every couple of weeks. I go and I look at that larger item list and try to get a little bit more organized around projects and things like that. But I also just would add, I think those were all really great examples and, and things that I want to try as well to add to, to what I do. But I'll also come at it from maybe a little different perspective too in that what I find for myself I tend to do is if, if I'm wrestling with something and I can tell because I might have a little anxiety around it or I keep thinking about it as I'm trying to go to sleep or whatever that might be, I realize that I probably don't have the vision fleshed out well enough yet. And a way to alleviate that for myself is to go back to it and say, I, I, don't, I don't really know what I'm doing with this quite yet and I don't have the vision fleshed out. And if I don't have that fleshed out, then the teams that I'm working with probably don't either. They don't have enough clarity in order to move forward. And the real way to accomplish all of the big goals that we have ahead of ourselves is to bring clarity to these tasks and to these uh, projects and things. And so I try to have different gauges in place for me to know if we're, I'm on the right track and being able to provide that clarity so, so that I am able to delegate in a way where people understand what the task is. and 
So I'm saying essentially the same thing that Sarah said in, in that and, and also just adding that that's helpful to those team members, whether they're at home or here at work, to be able to run with an idea. And because we're also, as leaders, here to develop our team's ability to do these practices themselves. And so I think it's really key to be organized enough and, and have clarity enough that you can delegate in a way that a person then can pick up a task for you and, and start to move it forward and start to have them make it something for themselves. So, you know, I, I will never on my own get through all these big projects and accomplish everything without the support of the team. But in order to invite them into the process and allow them to grow, I have to make sure I understand where I'm headed. And that's the gauge I generally use. Am I moving it into more and more notebooks in more and more weeks? Um, am I feeling anxiety around it? If not, there's, there's a quote that I love that I always think about and that I always say to myself, make your vision so strong that fear becomes irrelevant. So that's advice I try to give to people that are, are just thinking of, I could do 10,000 things right now. How do I choose what the most important is? And if you're having moments throughout the day like that, then you need to go back and figure out, I need to define this project better. I need to have a better understanding of what these goals are because if I can't make a decision relatively quickly, we're not gonna accomplish our tasks at the deadlines that we have and I'm going to have anxiety around it. <laughs> and so the, the answer for me almost always is to go back and, and get a tighter understanding of what the overall goal is. Susie, I think you make a fantastic point there that sometimes if you're if you're starting out, you can you can think that as a leader you have to know all the answers. Right? And and, and that's right to a point if you're delegating tasks and responsibilities and you need to establish clear expectations and, and guidance and be able to deliver that. But when you're thinking about cultivating big ideas and thinking about new things and how do we accomplish those things. One of the things that I think has been the most beneficial for me as a leader as we try to do big and new things within our team or within the organization is taking those little nuggets of ideas and going to other members on your team with different areas of expertise and different perspective and saying things like, hey, Susie, I have this idea, right? Here's where I'm at with it. It's just starting. What do you think, right? Give me your initial thoughts and you can kind of gauge some of that, uh, the, you know, kind of a temperature check. Do they, does it seem positive? Does it seem negative? Is it something that we want to create a little brainstorming team? We want to work on that because not everything has to happen on your own, right? And, and that's one of the things that I love about this organization. That's one of the things that I love about my role is the teamwork and the collaboration, the camaraderie that that happens in all of these big new ideas. And so taking those little ideas, nuggets, inspirations, and, and reaching out to others to get their thoughts and perspective can really highlight something that maybe it, with my background, I didn't even think about it because mine is more of a you know financial um, analytical background and Susie with her communications background might come at it from a different angle and we have something even better. And so that's something for me that as you're working through, you can't accomplish some of those big ideas all on your own. And you have to create those, those networks and those relationships to, to push things forward. I think that's an excellent point, Sarah. And you asked us what we do at home and how it trickles in. And I would, at home we call it, is this anything? 
And I, we do that at work all the time. That's exactly what Sarah is describing of, I have this idea, is this, does this mean anything to you? Is there something you could do with this? Because I can't get it beyond where I am here, but I feel like there's something here. But being able to put that out there and ask others, is this anything that could have value to you? If we work together on it, do you think we could create something new that could be really impactful for the members or for our employees or any other stakeholders? And I do think that that's really key. It's very difficult to come up with new or creative ideas if you aren't bouncing them off others and, and asking for input and really working in a collaborative way. I have learned a ton just listening to your conversations and a lot of new ideas. And, you know, I'm hearing from both of you that, you know, it takes planning and communication. And I know, Sarah, you said you have a specific time every week that you set aside for this type of cultivation of creating that space for you. And I'm really excited for this episode and what our listeners can take away from this because I feel like a lot of the, the key points that you're making and the strategies that you both have can go across all different types of industries and the way that you have this practice. For sure. And what I took away from it as well is, you know, again, communication is a huge key and that being open sounds like being a little vulnerable to that as well and welcoming to change. I know sometimes change kind of gets a bad reputation because people are like, oh, I don't really want to, I don't know about that. But kind of learning how to open yourself to that, having those conversations, um, it opens a lot of new doors for new projects or new ambitions or new goals. Susie and Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I just want to give you the opportunity to share any other suggestions or tips with our listeners today. I thought this was a really great conversation, and I actually learned from, from Susie, and, and I'm going to incorporate some of her ideas into my planning as well. Suggestions for you know moving forward and for the listeners is find what works for you. Right? You could try some of the things that we talked about here with the, with the notebooks and with setting aside time. If that doesn't work for you, don't be afraid to try something else because eventually something will fit. You'll be able to have that thoughtful time as well as, as keeping your, your tasks up to date. And don't think that it always balances out evenly all the time. Sometimes you spend more time on your tasks and responsibilities. Sometimes you have a little bit more time to plan and think about the future and how you accomplish your goals and just recognize that that kind of fluctuation is going to happen in your life and you know, just make sure you continue to move forward. I think that's really good advice and I, I know that I have found uh, it helps to remind myself we, we all have strengths and we all have not necessarily weaknesses, but things that we know we could make stronger. And we tend to do what's comfortable, right? So if you're comfortable getting things done, doing those tasks, that feels good. You know how to do it. So we can spend a lot of time in that space because it feels good and we feel like we're adding value and accomplishing a lot. But like Sarah said, sometimes you have to check yourself and, and think, have I been spending so much time there that I'm not looking at the big picture? I'm not. I'm, you know, I know that about myself that, you know, it's uncomfortable to think about change or something new. And so I'm going to tend to want to stay in my task space. 
for me personally, I'm more comfortable in the chaotic space of the idea making and the big picture, and I have to force myself to go back and do those tasks. And so everybody's different to Sarah's point, and so you have to do what works for you. You have to know where what your own weaknesses are and then build in a plan that addresses those areas that you know you tend to, you know, that, that tend to um, pull you away from your successful vision. So whatever that is for you, I think it's important to be self-aware enough to recognize it, know that we all have those spots where none of us are perfect, right? And so it just, it's a matter of determining for yourself, what do I need to put in those safety nets for? Do I need to put a thing on my calendar that says it's time to get out of my task list, you know, and get into the big picture or vice versa? Have I accomplished all my tasks? Am I getting people the things that they need in time in order for them to accomplish their goals? So whatever it is for you, I think it's just assessing that for yourself, writing it down, and then having some discipline to hold yourself accountable to those areas that you've decided you want to improve on. Susie and Sarah, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day today to come onto the podcast. We really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. MSU Federal Credit Union is always working to be on the cutting edge of technology. The lab at MSU-FSU is our center for innovation, working to identify, create, and execute opportunities to lead pilots and new technology products and services for members and employees. To learn more about the lab at MSU-FSU or to become a member tester, please visit msufsu.org forward slash the lab. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Kahn and me, Jessica Rubio. Our executive producers are Ariana Sildana, Lauren Kalarzik, and Susie Elkins. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.